Welcome to the Giants Huddle, a New York Giants podcast. Welcome to a new episode of the Giants Huddle podcast. My name is John Schmelk. Today we're joined by Jim Nagy, who is the executive director for the Reese's Senior Bowl. And we'll do a little preview of that game and the event during the week. But first, I want to remind you that you can find the Giants Huddle podcast and all your favorite podcast platforms on Giants.com and the Giants mobile app. Go to Giants.com slash podcast for all of the Giants podcast Offerings, And now we're joined by our guest, Jim Nagy. He's the executive director of the Reese's Senior Bowl and probably one of the busiest guys in America right now. Jim, we really appreciate the time joining us a week leading into the game. How's everything going? Uh, yeah, everything's busy, but everything's busy is great. Everything's great. Uh, appreciate you having me on this morning. Yeah, no problem. This is year two for you. Anything that you learned from year one that you either changed or adjusted heading into year two in terms of how you find your players and, and frankly, how you convince a lot of these guys that it's good for them to come to a game like the Reese's Senior Bowl? <laughs> yeah, there's, I've learned a ton. You know, and anytime first year in a job, you, you, you know, you're, you're learning on the fly. So, so I learned, uh, yeah, I learned a lot of different things. But, uh, you know, procedurally in terms of the scouting side of things, we, we, we kept things pretty similar um we added a couple more scouts on the road this year we had a four-man staff uh year one we had six this year um you know so procedurally that the way we went about our business there was very very similar we added some more things on social media to really connect with the players again it we don't have a nfl scouting budget so we're you know we were at of the 115 players we have come to the game we saw 112 of them live in games so we're, we're very proud of that um but you know we don't have the budget to have scouts on the road every day at schools and and connecting with players that way so really you know our our, our biggest recruiting tool is social media so we did some more things that way and really we got a jump start on it you know we we started on this year's group of players really last that's April and May, even before last year's draft, we were posting stuff about this year's class. So um, we really got about a four or five month head start on the recruitment and uh, it paid dividends. You know, my year one, we had about six or seven seniors decline our invite and uh, this year it was down to one. So it was, the buy-in factor with the players was huge. And, and I think this group of players saw last year's group and, and having 10 first round picks and 40 guys in the first three rounds. Uh, I think this year's class saw that in, in, you know, saw the value and, and how it helped some of those guys. So, um, yeah, but I did. I learned a lot. Learned a lot on the job. Year one. Now, in my mind, and I know it's not true, it's basically Zach Taylor and Matt Patricia doing odds and evens and picking their rosters here. How, how does it actually work? How do you decide who goes on what team? Uh, we do that here in the office. That's actually one of the really. Well, that's really one of the most fun parts uh, for us here. You know, we we, we obviously picked a pick the uh, overall roster and then we have to start breaking it down into teams and and uh there's really three criteria for me um you know there was no handbook for this job so you really just kind of have some autonomy there and the, the, the main thing is having competitive balance you know we really want uh for the sake of the practices and for the sake of the teams that are participating you, you want them to have even rosters um in game day as well i mean all-star games are crazy game day um can be really unpredictable just as a scout all my years in the NFL. I mean, if you, if you asked me, you know, which team was going to win the game um, based off the practice week, I would have been wrong probably 95% of the time. Um, it's just, it's really, it's really, really weird that way. But yeah, you want competitive balance. That was the main thing. The second thing is I want to keep all the teammates, uh, college teammates together on the same team. Uh, so if we have fans traveling in from, 
you know, Notre Dame fans traveling down and have five Notre Dame guys. We don't want them split up. Um, so fans can go to practice and see all their players. And then really what, what we try to do is uh, keep all the SEC players on the South team. And that's, uh, you know, for locally, for local purposes, being down here in SEC country, uh, you know, the fans down here really want to see those guys on the same team. So we, we try to do that as well. That, that one's the last piece of criteria. Um, but that's usually what we, that's usually how we go about, uh, splitting up the two rosters. What what is your selling point, and and you kind of mentioned this before to the players as to why they should accept your invite, and and as a former scout, what value does the Senior Bowl bring to complement all the work that's done watching them in games during the regular season? Yeah, I think that uh, you know for guys that are going to be day three draft picks, rounds four through seven, all star games have always made a lot of sense because you can really catapult yourself. You know, you can go from you know, being a, a fifth rounder to a third rounder, kind of like Terry McLaurin last year from the Redskins. I know uh, Giant fans know Terry pretty well after seeing him twice this year and had a had a phenomenal, you know, rookie year. And he came down to the Senior Bowl last year as a fifth or sixth round pick. Uh, you know, there was a lot of not enough balls to spread around in that Ohio State offense when he was there. So, you know, from a production standpoint, it wasn't great. Well, he came down here and, and really showed off what he was. So he went from being the fifth or sixth round to the third. So it always makes sense for those guys. But, but really, since I've taken over uh, it, at the game and, and, you know, been working here at the Senior Bowl, I think the biggest thing was convincing these first and second rounders that there's value in the game. And, and I, to me, it's more value for those players than there are even the later round guys because if you can even move up a few spots uh, when you're in that territory of the draft, I mean, there's so much money attached to each one of those draft slots. So if you go from, you know, 26 to 17, I mean, that's, that's a few million dollars. Um, that's a lot. That's, that's a lot of money. That's more money than I'll probably make in my lifetime. So um, it can be life-changing for those guys at the top. And, and, and I think they understand that. I think the players understand that, you know, and uh, so those are, those are really the main selling points. And from a scouting perspective, you know, what you're really getting out of it is one, you're, you're finally connecting with the players, you know, you're out on the road, all fall and you're in schools and you have really good contacts if you've worked hard at it over the years and you know you can hear from multiple people on a staff from you know the the equipment guy to the custodians to the coordinator to his position coach the trainer you can talk to all those folks but until you really sit down you you know that you want to hear from them you've heard their story from from other people but it's great to sit down and really connect and there's no other part of the process where you get this much time with these players, that's why the, the teams that actually coach the game, it's, it's, it's invaluable for those guys because, you know, it's amazing how little time you get to spend with some of these draft picks before you bring them in your organization. I mean, sometimes you're drafting players that you've never, you know, had a one-on-one sit-down with. You're just really drafting them based off their tape, uh, which sounds crazy, you know, when, you, when you're really yeah. – you're, you're really drafting people. Uh, I've always said this. I mean, the, the teams I've been associated with and me personally, when I've, when I've missed on a player, um, you know, based off what he does in the pros, it's more looking back on it, it's more, way more because I've missed on the person and not figured out the person right than the player. I mean, I think figuring out the tape, once you've been around football and scouted long enough, the tape's the easiest part. So really the connections and the time they get to spend with the players is, is huge and then for the players you know just showing those teams that they love football yeah i mean some of these guys yeah could they could they opt out of an all-star game absolutely but you know coming here shows how competitive they are coming here shows how much they love football 
And really where that matters most is on their second contract. I mean, because it's, you know, that's the big thing if you're sitting in, in Dave Gilman's chair, you know, and you're a GM and you're trying to make decisions on a second contract. Money changes all of us. You know, it really does. And we sure. can say it doesn't, but it does. And when you're getting ready to commit, you know, tens to hundreds of millions of dollars on a player, you really want to know he's wired the right way. And when you give him that big payday, that he's, he's going to be the guy that he, you had the first four years. So I think, I think the players that come here are really making a statement about who they are. Um, so that's why it's big. So, Jim, uh, getting ready to be out there for the third time this year, I'm looking forward to it. And what I love about practice at the Senior Bowl is that you get to see these guys do NFL things. And, you know, you could watch tape of a wide receiver or a cornerback for games at a time, and you don't see things like press coverage. You see a very limited route tree. And there are things that you just don't know based on how, they're, how they were used in college. And while I think college and the NFL are getting more and more similar, I think practice is just so valuable to see these guys do things that you're, they're going to be asked to do in the NFL, and you get to see how they do it. No, I agree with I agree with all that. Uh, I do. I agree with all that. I do think the NFL is becoming a more open-minded league and kind of morphing itself and taking some more concepts that the college game is using. I think practice is is critical for these guys. And like you said, you can you can you can put on tape of of some wide receivers and go through the entire year and not see them face any press man coverage. So, and that's a that's a huge thing at, at the next level. That's why a lot of receivers really struggle to transition. Uh, right away or transition at all is because they're not quick or strong enough to get off press. And uh, so, yeah, those, those are all huge components. And then also I think that, you know, when you're down there, especially at field level, you can see when these guys, how they react to certain situations, how they react to getting beat. You know, it's like the O-line, D-line drills. When if an offensive lineman takes a bad loss on his first rep, you know, they always, they always rep them back to back. They get right back in their stance and, and take another rep. You know, there might be a coaching point put in there between after he, after he got beat. Um, you see how he can apply that coaching point. You see how mentally he bounces back. And if he can get over, you know, getting whooped uh, the previous the previous rep. So it's all those little things um, and how it, 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 to just, you know, help paint the picture of the player. I mean, you're really trying to – this thing's a puzzle. You're trying to piece together the fall tape and what the school – people the schools are saying and then the all-star performance and the combine it's just one big puzzle uh, but this is a huge puzzle piece and you can really you can really it really helps you figure out a player and, and gain more conviction because that's what it's all about is, is by the end of april you really want to have conviction on a player that he he fits your organization and he's going to you know help you on the field and and uh, so that's the the this week and the practices are, are invaluable for that. And I know you're very excited about all the players that are going to be there. I want to dip into some of the position group competitions. We're going to see some of the guys that really have you excited. The Giants are going to be looking for offensive tackles to to kind of back up and develop behind their veterans at those positions, and they're looking for pass rushers. You mentioned the one-on-one O-line, D-line drills. One of the first things I always do during practice, you go to the end zone, you watch those guys line up and just play against each other. What are some of the matchups you're looking forward to seeing between some of these edge rushers and some of these offensive tackles? Yeah, a couple of the tackles, um, and I, I know you use the word develop behind some of your vets. I mean, we, and there are, there's some really interesting guys like, you know, Alex Taylor, a small school guy from South Carolina State. He's got an 88 inch wingspan, um, which uh, that, that might not mean much to your listeners, but, you know, in scouting, I, 
in 20 years. I don't know if I've seen an 88-inch wingspan before. So this kid's incredibly long, and he is raw and coming from a small school. But that, you know, Darius Leonard um, from South Carolina State, same school a couple years ago, came in, was made the Pro Bowl his rookie year out of the Senior Bowl for the Colts a couple years ago. So Alex is a guy that would be developmental, but guys that could maybe step in right away and help them. Uh, one up in your neck of the woods, Matt Pert from UConn is a guy that uh, I don't think he's going to be drafted anywhere near the same range as DeBrickershaw Ferguson was out of Virginia. I think Brick went third overall to the Jets or whatever it was years ago. Um, but I've, when I watch Matt Pert tape, I, I really think I think DeBrickershaw Ferguson, just length and feet uh, in, in athleticism, he's a great athlete. So, you know, kind of got buried in that UConn program a little bit. You know, they don't play on TV very much and all those things, but the NFL's really aware of him. So I think he's got a chance to really jump up. Josh Jones um, from Houston is another guy that I think uh, could end up in the first round when it's all said and done. And then with the edge rush crew, it's really it's a, it's a really good class and some really underrated guys, some guys that even for, like, hardcore draft people, if they're following this stuff on Twitter or online, I mean, you don't even see some of these names. But Alton Robinson from Syracuse is a guy with – a lot of pass rush talent. Trayvon Hill from Miami, uh, the Virginia Tech transfer, you know, went down to Miami there this year. Another guy with really high-end traits, Daryl Taylor from Tennessee. And maybe the best one is Terrell Lewis from Alabama. Uh, Terrell, Terrell battled some injuries during his time there in Tuscaloosa, but uh, really a unique player. He's a long-bodied guy, and usually guys that are built like him, you know, they're not really explosive because it's so hard for longer guys to generate pop like that. But Terrell's got uh, really, really heavy hands, and uh, when he gets into you, he gets into you, and he can also, he's so explosive out of his stance, he can beat you with speed, so um, it'll be interesting to see where the medical things, you know, land Terrell Lewis, but in terms of pure talent, he's about 15 player in this draft, so wow. he's a guy that could uh, could really be hard to handle in one-on-one. And everyone knows how deep this wide receiver class is, Jim, overall, and you have some really talented guys at this game, and some guys that are kind of different shapes and sizes. you got a bigger guys like, you know, Michael Pittman, Chase Claypool from Notre Dame, then you got a guy like Devin DuVernay who just separates whenever he wants, and there'll be some really fun battles with some pretty good cornerbacks you have there too, right? Yeah, it's an awesome wide receiver crew. That was, uh, you know, that was probably uh, that was the position group we had the least amount of guys drafted last year. You know, we had 93 players drafted, which was our our, our best year in a long, long time. Uh, but we did. We had, I think, we had seven or eight receivers not get drafted last year. And it's not because they weren't, you know, good receivers. You know, you got guy a guy like David Sills who had 31 touchdowns in his last two years at. West Virginia, but we had some guys that, you know, weren't going to play out, didn't really project to be in special teams players. So if you're not going to come into the NFL and be a top three receiver right out of the gate, um, you're going to have, is a number four, five, or six, so you're going to have to play in the kicking game. And, and that's what happened to some of our crew last year. So really, uh, I was mindful of that this year through the process. Um, but I really think a bunch of these guys do project to be top three guys next year as rookies. So, you know, we had Debo Samuel last year who had a monster year for the for the 49ers, and we talked about Terry McLaurin being all rookie. Uh, I think guys like Brandon Ayuk from, from Arizona yep. State is going to be a first-round player. I think Brian Edwards uh, from South Carolina, Debo's teammate, their all-time leading receiver at South Carolina, is a, is a pro. I mean, he's a big, strong, aggressive wide receiver. Um, I think he's going to transition really easily. He's talked about Devin Duvernay. The kid was a 10, 200 meter guy coming out of high school, which is insane. Um, I think, you know, there's only a couple players I've done in 20 years that are faster coming out high school track wise. Tyree Kill being one of them. 
Um, but 10-2 is blazing fast. And then you got guys like, you know, Van Jefferson, who's down at Florida and, and probably didn't, uh, you know, put up the production he could have in another offense. They had four senior receivers there. You know, they were they were okay at the quarterback position. But, you know, I think Van Jefferson is a guy. It, it, a lot of your listeners might know his dad, Sean Jefferson, played in the league for a long time and is now one of the best receiver coaches in the NFL. Um, you know, this kid, Van Jefferson, is a guy – I think he's going to be hard to handle in practice as well. I think he's a really good route runner. He's polished. He's kind of sneaky fast. Uh, so from 1 to 12 right now at, at wide receiver, I mean, it's it's a really strong group. And, Jim, you know what that means? It means cornerbacks have a chance to show some of these scouts, look, I can cover these guys at around 1, round 2, round 3 picks. Who are the guys that you were excited about getting to see go against this really good and deep wide receiver class? I would say at the top of the group would be Christian Fulton from LSU. He's a guy that, uh, you know, the Derek Stingley, their true freshman at LSU, was, was an All-American this year and, and got a lot of hype. But Christian's a guy that's been a really good player his whole, his whole career there at LSU. You know, he was he was really the top guy last year with Greedy Williams. Greedy went early in the second. And, and Greedy was a really good cover guy, but Christian's really more well-rounded. You know, he'll come up and support the run. He's more physical, uh, tougher player. Uh, he's he's going to be a guy that everyone's going to be really interested to see. And, and coming off that national championship game, this is the first year where, where that game has been moved back and really kind of bust right up to Senior Bowl week. So um, there won't be any rust. I mean, he'll he'll come here with uh, – that's the upside. I mean, he might be a little a little beat up from Monday's game, but, uh, you know, he should he should uh, be in football shape. And then you got guys – we talk about speed with Duvernay. you got Troy Pride Jr. from Notre Dame, who is a 10, 500-meter guy coming out. Uh, really talented guy. You got AJ Green that we talked about being, you know, a lot of press man down here. AJ Green from Oklahoma State, uh, really good press man guy. Uh, I know that I know teams like Seattle, and, and he'll fit he'll fit really well for teams like that. So it, that's another position group that I think we're better than we were last year um, in, in the game. I love the small school guys. You can see him against big time, you know, top conference talent, Jim. Who are some of the small school guys? You mentioned the offensive linemen already with the big wingspan. Who else from small schools do you think can really catch somebody's eye this week? Yeah, I think if you're going to talk small school guys, it, it kind of starts with Kyle Duggar from Lenore Ryan. It's a, Lenore Ryan's a Division II school in North Carolina. I went up there and hand delivered. Uh, Kyle's invite this year. We'd never done anything like that, and uh, what an awesome campus and great people up there at that school. It was uh, a neat experience. But Kyle's a six-two, two hundred and twenty-two pound safety that ran four-four-one last spring for NFL scouts. He, he's got everything. He's got every tool. He's a dominant player at that level. He's he's really a man amongst boys. And and we we had we had to invite him to this game because scouts, you know, the, my buddies from around the league were like, Jim, he's almost impossible to stick a grade on at this point because. Uh, we, we just need to see him against better competition. So this could be a huge, huge week for Kyle. Uh, you know, I think he could end up being a second-round pick when it's all said and done. I, I wow. do think he'd also end up – I think he'd end up going from safety to linebacker. He's kind of a perfect hybrid defender. You know, if he's 222 right now, I mean, I could see this guy being 230 easily uh, a year from now. So now we're talking more linebacker, but uh, fast and physical and aggressive. So he, he's a guy, Adam Troutman, uh, a tight end from Dayton, really crisp route runner, athletic, can go up and get the ball, good after the catch. Again, another dominant guy. When we had a scout go to see Adam play live this fall, he was at the first half, and Adam caught four touchdowns in the first half. And uh, 
<laughs> our scout called me and he's like, I've seen enough. I'm not, I'm on my way to Columbus to the, see the Buckeyes now. So he double dipped that day and he, he left at half. I mean, Adam Troutman in, in one half showed him what he needed to see and that he was, you know, should be at the senior bowl. So those are a couple of small school guys. We, we don't have quite as many as last year. Uh, every year is kind of different, but, uh, those two guys really stick out. And, there, and there's a few more. I mean, there's, there's some, there's some good small school guys in this game, but I've, I would start with those two. Final question. Uh, the Giants love Senior Bowl MVP, so please don't pick a quarterback this year. We're good there now, so pick a different guy. Uh, that's number one. Number two, you, you, you've been around Dave Gettleman a lot. What are some of the traits and characteristics that you know that he's looking for in players when he's out there at the Senior Bowl trying to find out uh, who he wants to be part of the Giants program moving forward with Joe Judge as a new head coach? Yeah, you know, I, 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 I know Dave. I don't know him great. Um, I know a lot of guys that have worked for Dave over the years really well, but you know, I mean, I think everyone knows Dave's a Dave's a blue collar guy, and and I think what he's trying to build there in in that kind of image is great, you know, and and that's when you see, you know, the guys that come and play in our game, like we talked about earlier, they're they're showing they're 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 making a statement about how competitive they are, they're making a statement about how much they love football, and, and those are Dave's kind of guys, and it, anyone building a team that should be their kind of guys, but. But but Dave especially, so I think he's going to find some offensive linemen down here that are going to fit that. I think there's going to be some defensive linemen. You know, you've got a guy like Javon Kinlaw from South Carolina, who you know when it's all said and done, I think he could be a top ten pick. You know, really coming into this game, he might be the highest rated player coming in coming into our game. You know, with Justin Herbert probably, you know, is potential top ten pick. Kinlaw's big. He's explosive. He's really athletic. I mean, his best football is way out in front of him. He is just scratching the surface. So, to me, if they're if they're looking to uh, you know shore up that defensive line and, and really add impact players, you know, Kinlaw's a guy that could that could be right there and play for him. Jim, great stuff. I know you're busy. Thanks so much for the time, and uh, we look forward to seeing you down there in Mobile next week. Thanks so much. Yeah, appreciate you guys coming down and having me on, and we'll see you here in a couple of days. Absolutely. That's Jim Nagy. He's the executive director of the Reese's Senior Bowl down in Mobile, Alabama. We'll have coverage on Giants.com, on the Giants Little Podcast, and all of our other platforms during the week down there in Mobile. I'm John Schmelk. We thank our guest. And remember, you can catch the Giants Little Podcast on Giants.com, the Giants mobile app, and all your favorite podcast platforms. Find the subscribe. And if you like what you hear on Apple Podcasts, leave a positive review. And once again, for all our podcast offerings, go to Giants.com slash podcast. We'll see you next time. Adios.